It's the Ag Ship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. I am the creator of the Ag Ship, a credentialed newsletter delivering Utah State football, men's basketball, and women's basketball coverage to your inbox. Um, I don't even have a number for how many times per week it goes to your inbox. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's every day, pretty much. I, I, I think it literally is every day. Within football season, I think that there's a story sent out every single day. Um, let me think just, just this week. If you're not subscribed and you're not aware, um, this week, so Saturday night I put up pictures. Uh, Sunday is cover story, Monday is game notebook, Tuesday is the film review and also the depth chart projections, Wednesday is the standard preview, Thursday is an unrelated player feature, that one's free, uh, Friday is the film preview. So yeah, every day, there's, <laughs> there's something in your inbox every single day, including uh, some days where there are more than one thing. Um, it's uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of content. If you are interested in knowing more, being a more informed fan of Utah State, I think that it is worth the price. $6 a month for the Ag Ship tier, $10 a month for the flagship tier, which gets you those film posts as well as the monthly Q&A podcast. Um, I think it's worth your while. I do. I, 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 I stand by it. I think that it's worth your while. Um, and I think it's going to be uh, especially these next couple of weeks, a pretty interesting time around Utah State, around Utah State football especially, but basketball is going to be starting up. I will have coverage of, of both teams, extensive coverage of both teams, um, but the football team is, is now uh, finds itself here in a pretty interesting place, and I'm going to talk about it here on this podcast. Uh, before I do, I will briefly say my apologies for this podcast being out as late as it is. I would assume most of you are listening to this on Wednesday, Wednesday morning, Wednesday evening. I'm putting it up Wednesday morning or uh, Tuesday night, rather. Um, I don't have a great explanation, rather than uh, other than just uh, it's been busy. It's been very busy um, covering covering Utah State. The the online the written stuff has taken up a lot of time, but then also non agship related stuff. It's just it's been a busy week. Um, preparing to uh, head out to uh, the Colorado State game this weekend. We'll be we'll be making the trek out to that. I'll be also heading to Laramie next week for Utah State's trip to Wyoming. Um, and it's just a busy time. So uh, I, I appreciate your patience with the podcast. <clears throat> I know that these are usually recaps go up like the day of or the next day. Um, I would like to be able to do that. If I had the time, I would love to do that. But I do like to go back and rewatch the game before I talk about it. I do like to do the film review, to do the cover story, notebook, all that stuff to really gather my thoughts on the game so that when I come to you on the podcast, I have sort of established things that I want to talk about and I'm not just reacting live to what I just saw, which additionally on the field taking pictures there's really only so much you can gather there's only so much you can you can take from it it's hard to see exactly what's going on in some cases you can get a feel for the flow of the game obviously you can get a feel for what's working and what isn't but i like to go back and watch the game and, and figure out exactly what happened before i talk about it and so uh, my apologies again for the delay i hope that you all will uh, still enjoy this even though it is coming a couple days after the game. So the game, <laughs> the game is is pretty important. I think pretty important to talk about what has just happened on Saturday evening for Utah State. Final score: Utah State thirty-four, Air Force twenty-seven. Utah State wins. Utah State wins for the first time since August, since its win over UConn. Uh, snaps a four-game losing skid. 
wins its first conference game of the season, um, any number of, of things. There, there, are, there are quite a few uh, snapping of streaks, of bad streaks. There are quite a few uh, changes of statistical narratives. Uh, this was Utah State's first second-half lead since August, uh, obviously its first win. Um, it's the second time... Uh, in, uh, I want to say, yeah, I, th- I think it's the second time in Air Force running back or fullback Brad Roberts' career that he has rushed for at least 100 yards in a game and Air Force has lost. Uh, I believe that they were 12-1, and one, if I'm remembering correctly, coming into this game um, in 22 games or something like that. They're not 12-2. and two. Both losses are to Utah State this year and last year. So this is a, this is a game that, that sort of defies statistical narrative a little bit and that's certainly true on the record books as well i think air force entered this game as we talked about on the preview as as if not the favorite one of the favorites in the mountain west and in the mountain west mountain division they looked like one of the only teams that had been pretty consistently competent uh, which was you know it's a it's a low bar but it is a bar that the mountain west has not been able to pretty consistently clear this season air force came into the year with a lot of hype they went 10 and 3 i want to say last season they were very good last year as well very nearly won the division last year if not for their loss to utah state 49 to 45 um came into town uh, with this being uh, pretty much a must-win for Utah State. This was, as as, as quarterback Cooper Lagasse said off after the game, if you lose this one, it's not really clear what you're playing for, you know, if you're Utah State. And I think that's true. I don't know what they would have been playing for. I'm sure that they could have found stuff to be excited about, but starting off 0-2 in conference play, well, one of them being an in-division loss to the likely favorite in your division with, you know, had Air Force won the game, yeah, they, they would have been in serious trouble. I wrote about it in the preview. I wrote about it pretty extensively. I wrote about it in the cover. I think it's an important part of this story is understanding that this was not just an upset win for Utah State, a big upset win, one to be excited about because it was an upset Um that's all good and fine. They were 10-point underdogs. People, I think, largely did not expect them to win this game. Um, those of you who listened to the preview or read the preview uh, would remember I did pick Utah State. I, mean, I am going to toot my own horn on that because I've been wrong a lot this season about predictions. I did pick Utah State. I feel pretty good about that. Um, I figured that they would have something here. I figured that they would be ready for this game. I thought that they had played back-to-back of their best games consecutively. They played their best game against UNLV of the season, and then they uh, won up that against BYU and played their best game of the season then. Uh, I thought it seemed like they were on a pretty good path. seemed like they were improving. I thought they would have something for Air Force's offense. Uh, Largely speaking, they did. They had their moments uh, defensively. They did enough to win the game, obviously, and the offense continued to click into place even while it struggled to finish drives, especially in the first half. Struggled to finish drives. Did not, was not getting the the full uh, point totals that it probably should have gotten out of the first half. I think it probably deserved to have 21 points and was, was held to 13 because of its own issues. And then in the second half, that no longer was a problem. And then they, they dragged the game into the fourth quarter and are able to win it there. Um, all of that is great. All of that is very important for the sake of Utah State to go out and get that win, to do so on homecoming, to do so in front of a great crowd. It was a really, really good crowd. It was not sold out, but it was a very good crowd, those who were there. Um, I would guess if they keep winning, the next home game will be sold out. I believe that's San Jose State on November 5th. That's going to be a big one, especially if Utah State wins the next two. That's going to be a very, very big game. Um, 
looking forward to that one. I think that's what's next. I think that's what's next. Maybe it's New Mexico. Let me look. Let me pull up the schedule on the fly. It all kind of runs together. Um, I think it's San Jose State, though. I think it is. Let's 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 see here. Um, boy, the the app is not helping me here. Oh, uh, let's see. Anything? No, it's New Mexico. Okay, it's New Mexico up next. My apologies. San Jose State. That's right. San Jose State is at the end of the season, right before the Boise game. That's tough. That's tough. That's not ideal. San Jose State looks like it's probably going to win the West. That's not ideal. Um, regardless, I think the stadium is probably going to be pretty close to full against New Mexico if Utah State goes and beats Colorado State this week, which I'm not going to talk about on this one. That'll be on the preview. I'll give you a spoiler. I think they will. I've watched both teams play. I think they will. I don't think it's going to be a huge problem. Uh, and then Wyoming, which is a, a larger conversation, but we'll have that once we get to it. Um but they go into if they go into that game four and four the New Mexico game I would expect that it's going to be a pretty great atmosphere this was this was a pretty great atmosphere and Utah State came in one and four um, and that that is that's great that is great it, that, that it was this full that it was this excited that the atmosphere was that good is a testament to the uh, the enduring spirit of the Utah State fandom I will say that people were still out there still supporting still loud sticking by the team it was a it was a big part of the game especially in the fourth quarter it was a big part of the game um so full credit to uh full credit to that as well um but all of this is to say it wasn't just that and you know that if you're listening to this you know that you understand that this was not just a big upset on homecoming in front of a an excited crowd this was a season changing win this was a narrative changing win it was a season changing win it was a confirmation of what utah state had been working towards uh, of the idea that it was working towards something and of the idea that it can do something with this season still um the conversation all week leading into this game was that you know everything's still at play for Utah State, it, it was one and four. It lost to BYU. Did so in kind of frustrating fra- fashion, given the way that the second half went. Uh, season had certainly not started the way that they wanted it to. All of that is true. All of that is totally fair. However, you also had to to acknowledge that the season was not over. They were 0-1 in conference play. They still controlled their destiny completely. If they if they won out, they would have won they would win the mountain. Um and this game was probably if not the biggest hurdle, at least the second biggest hurdle. Maybe San Jose State moves into number 1. I have seen some people say that Boise State is number 1. I personally think that Boise State is bad. I think Boise State's really bad. I'm going to be honest. I don't understand the hype around Boise State at all beyond just the name, the helmet. People know that Boise State is usually good. Um, That quarterback is really not good. He's really not good at throwing the football. He doesn't do it well. He doesn't read defenses. He's really not doing much of anything. They've protected him pretty well. And also, they just played two really bad teams in San Diego State, which has its own set of issues, and Fresno State, which does not have a quarterback at all, has nothing at quarterback without Jake Hayner. There's, there's, it's a, it's a, it's just a vacancy. There's, there's nothing there. Logan Fife is not a quarterback in any meaningful way, um, and so I, I think that this was the hurdle. If San Jose State isn't, this was. And honestly, San Jose State is a more losable game than this one was because it's not a division game. 
which is going to be an important distinction to make moving forward. It's not a division game. I don't know that anybody's going to get out of this division, save for maybe Utah State if they win out, obviously, without at least two conference losses. I've not seen a team in this division who can do that, I don't think. Uh, Again, save for maybe Utah State if they keep rolling. Um, I've not seen it. I've not been convinced by any one of them. Uh, I don't think that Wyoming has the top end talent. Air Force already has two losses. New Mexico is bad. I don't think I need to explain that. Colorado State is bad. Boise State, I have just established, uh, like, uh, Wyoming is, is, like I said, limited. I, I think that there is, I think there's a real chance here that Utah State can go and win the conference now. And that that was not that would not be possible if it did not go and win this game first. This was the first step in doing that, in turning around the season and changing the narrative, in reigniting the excitement, I guess, and, and re- uh, kind of codifying what the program is about and, and, and the, that the process that the program is following can work and that it does work when it is, when it is you know, functional, when they have guys who uh, know what they're doing, know how to handle it, know how to move forward within the, the systems that they run. Um, this game was confirmation of that. This was Utah State going out and playing its game, playing its style in the way that we understand it under Blake Anderson, the way that we understood it from last season, um, as as uh, onlookers, as people watching from without, uh, this was Utah State. This was the Utah State of 2021. It wasn't exactly the same. The way that they're doing it's different. It, it's it's you know, there's not a uh, there's not a Devin Tompkins. There's not a Derek Wright. There's not Logan Bonner. Logan Bonner's not the quarterback. Cooper Lagaz a very different quarterback. The defense is a little different, but. The ideology, the guiding ideology was the same. And that guiding ideology really showed up in the part of the game that I wrote about for the film review and the part of the game that I want to talk about in more detail, more than really anything else here. I think that the entire game is worth considering. Uh, I think that you obviously you should take it as it all is. The The first three quarters are important. They got the game to the fourth quarter. They got the game to the fourth quarter with Utah State ahead 20 to 17 only briefly before air force scored but the fourth quarter is really the proof of concept that utah state was looking for that it needed that where it could point to and say this is what it looks like when it's consistent which is the word that they've been using all year is consistency in and execution in in everything and not having penalties and not making big mistakes you can point to the fourth quarter of this game and you can say that's what it's supposed to look like. That's what it can look like. Tentatively, that's what it will look like. We don't know that yet. We don't know that that's what it will look like moving forward. This is a really good performance, and it might be hard to replicate the level of energy, the level of focus, the level of attention that went into a game that was this important. But you look at that fourth quarter. I've got a paper stat sheet here because I love the paper stat sheets. I, it sounded like I'm being sarcastic. I don't. I'm. I'm not. I love the paper stat sheets. They are... I, I I greatly greatly prefer them to the online stat sheets. I understand that that's uh, bad for the environment, but I I do like having the the actual physical paper copy. It's easier for me to look at, um, and I can do stuff on the computer and compare it to compare it to this, uh, compare it to the stat sheet, which I like. Um, but I've I've got the actual paper stat sheet here, and you see some just some key numbers here in the fourth quarter. And I'm not going to name all of them, but there are some that really stand out, some that I talked about in the film review, some that I think are just worth mentioning. The first one here, 
14 rushes for 78 yards for Utah State. 14 rushes for 78 yards. Cooper the guy averaged 11.4 yards per rush. He was helped by a long of 32. Calvin Tyler Jr. in the fourth quarter averaged four yards per rush. Not amazing. It, it could be better. But that is so much better. That's so much closer to what they want it to be. That that average, that kind of yardage, that uh, number of carries, compare it to the passes in the fourth quarter, they were four or five. Four or five for 51 yards. That's fine. That's totally fine. Terrell Vaughn made a, you know, 34 of those yards was barely a pass. It was a shovel pass. They basically did not need to pass in the fourth quarter, which is not usually what you would associate with Utah State based on last season, but that's what they want. More than anything, I think that that's something to understand about this offense is that that's what they want. They like to pass the ball down the field. They like to move the ball around. They have spread air raid concepts in the passing game. They have all that stuff, but this is a running team. At its core, this is a team that wants to run the ball. Blake Anderson is a running coach. That's that's his background. That's that's where he comes from. He's not always had great running teams. He has had wide receivers who have really, who have been really good, quarterbacks who have been really good. But for this offense to work at its best, it it's gonna, it's got to run the ball. They got to run the ball, and they got to do it really well and really effectively and really consistently. And so that's part of it. And, and, you know, that, that even includes a drive of three plays where Utah state wasn't trying to gain yards and then a three yard loss or three yards of loss on three that are credited just to team that were kneel downs. So the actual number is even higher. The actual number on the two drives that we're talking about here, the two drives that ended the game. I don't know if I can do this math all in my head here live, but these are the two drives that I really focused on in the film review, and I think that they are really the the reflection of what Utah State wants to be as a team. Um, so you have here on the first drive, just of the uh, of the fourth quarter, Utah State trailing 24-20, just on the ground. You have a Calvin Tyler rush for seven yards and a first down. You have a Cooper Lagar rush for four yards. You have a Calvin Tyler rush for seven yards. You have him running again for one, and Cooper Lagar runs for five. And then you have that shovel pass, which is counted as a pass, but come on. We all know what that is. We don't need to lie. We don't need to pretend that that's not a run. That's a run. It's a run. Come on. It's a run. Uh, Terrell Vaughn, 34 yards and a touchdown. Puts Utah State ahead, ultimately, for good. Um, And then the next drive, the second drive, Cooper Lagas, 16 yards. Calvin Tyler Jr., 8 yards. Cooper Lagas, 32 yards. Touchdown. Game is over. 34-24 at that point. Game is over. They did that in 1 minute and 9 seconds. The previous one was 3 minutes and 12 seconds. Both of these drives, the average time to snap, the time between snaps is minuscule. It's tiny. It, it's tiny. In the fourth quarter, it, it was tiny. It, they, were, they were not taking time. They did not need to take time. They were not trying to drain the clock. On that first drive, they burned 198 seconds across 10 plays. It's 19.8 seconds per play. 19.8 seconds per play. On the second one, where did this go? I had the number. I had the number. I don't remember where I put the number, but... It was it was just as fast. <laughs> it was very fast. You're gonna have to take my word for it. I've lost the number. I don't know where I put it. I have this. I have a, a physical. Like I said, I like the paper, and I have a physical paper here on which I do all of my math, and I have lost track of what the actual number was. But take my word for it. 
it was fast. They were moving really fast. They were moving really fast on both drives. And that is the key of the offense is that they want to move fast, not to set up deep passing plays. Those are nice. They'll take them. They'll get those and they'll take them. Uh, they did that at times in this game. They didn't hit them. The, 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 the main one that I think of in the fourth quarter would be that third and four pass to Justin McGriff uh, down the sideline where the defense did not give help over the top on a go route to the field. He was the only guy to the field, and the defense ignored him with a, with a safety and just put a, a, a coverage uh, one coverage cornerback on him. That's what Utah State wants in, in terms of explosive plays. They love to create that, and they should have had it. The pass was a little bit long, but they should have had him. He was open. Um, but to create that, they need to run the ball. They need to run the ball really well. And they hadn't to this point in the season until these last couple of games, I think largely as a design thing, they didn't have enough creativity within the the way that they were running the ball. And they have added some stuff that has made that work. The line has started to execute better. I think Calvin Tyler Jr. has been much better. Cooper Lega has helped. Absolutely. He has he has helped. I, I said as much on Twitter. I'll say it here as well. Mia culpa. I was wrong. Uh, I was wrong about Cooper Lega not helping the offense. He has helped the offense. Absolutely. He has. I, it, I mean, I don't even need to say it. He has obviously helped the offense. Does that bring up a question about why they can't design an offense without a running quarterback? Yeah, for me it does. I think you probably should be able to do that personally. I would like a I would like an offense that can work without having a mobile quarterback. Um I think that that is I don't know. I don't like having that as like a requirement or a cop out. I feel like that really shouldn't be within an offense. You should be creative enough to work without a mobile quarterback, but that's not the case. Obviously, it's not the case. And and so yes, Cooper Lega has has <clears throat> unquestionably he has impacted the offense in a positive way. He was great here. He was fantastic all game. But the point of all this is is that once they got into the fourth quarter, I'm talking fast because I'm excited about this because this is, you. I think you, it comes through in the film review too. I'm excited about this. I like talking about good stuff. <laughs> I like talking about good things. I like talking about exciting positive plays and exciting developments and, and improvement. It's more fun. It's a lot more fun than talking about the negative stuff. You guys really haven't gotten to hear me talk about positive stuff to this point because there's not been much of it, but this was great. This fourth quarter was was emblematic of everything Utah State wants to do, which is they want to run the ball. They want to run the ball really well, and they want to keep the running game alive with short passes, keep the keep the stuff going, which is what they did on that first drive in the in the fourth quarter. They were alternating between short runs and short passes to the perimeter. It was working. It worked all the way down the field pretty much until Calvin Tyler got stuffed on a first down. Um, but that's what they want to do is they want to keep the defense on its heels, and they want to while keeping the defense on its heels with play calling, they want to wear it down by going really fast. This is not an offense that's going to beat you with long, sustained drives very often because the offensive line is really not built for that. It's it's a lot to ask these guys to win on like 13 or 14 plays spanning five or six minutes because they're just not very big. The offensive line is not very big. And so unless you're running the option like Coastal Carolina does to make up for their, their lack of size in the trenches, which... I would love, but Utah State's not doing that. Um, <laughs> I don't imagine that it will anytime soon, as much as I would love that, maybe if I was in charge. Um, but they're not doing that, and so they need to wear the defense down. 
And the best way to do that is by sprinting. It's by being as fast as they possibly can be. You saw this last year. It's by spreading the field as wide as they can with those wide splits. There's a reason they do the splits. I understand that it looks weird, that it may be when the game, when the offense isn't working, it's an easy thing to signal single out, but it is critical for the offense to work. It needs to have those wide splits or it doesn't accomplish the thing it wants to do. It, the, the whole goal is just to wear the defense down and then run all over it. And in the fourth quarter, Utah State did that perfectly. Air Force was exhausted. Air Force was exhausted. That defense had no answers for anything that Utah State was doing on the ground. When it did finally start to get stops, Utah State got creative on that fourth down, dialed up what I thought was a great play, and the offensive line was able to win all five of its matchups. On that next drive, on that second drive, it was a joke. Air Force was playing on air. Utah State was playing on air. Air Force had nothing. They, they, those, those defenders had no hope to stop anything that Utah State was doing. They embarrassed them. I mean, they just shredded down the field. They had no issue at all. They were met with no resistance on those three plays. They ended up in the end zone. They could have done it on play number one if they wanted. Air Force was exhausted. They, they had been on the field for, for three minutes on the previous drive, and it, it, it killed them. That's all, it need, that's all they needed because of how fast Utah State goes. And that's the goal of all of this. And in the fourth quarter, largely in the fourth quarter, we saw some of it in the third quarter. We saw some of it all game, honestly. We saw moments of this all game. The offense was working all game long with these same principles of quick passes to the perimeter. Quick passes to the perimeter, the, to the perimeter that drag the defense out of the box slowly. It's not going to happen on one play, but that, that move the defense just a little bit out of the box and then runs into the box that can threaten a five-man box, that can threaten a six-man box with the, the option of Laga keeping it, that can hold a defensive lineman in place without blocking him. You can bring that box in when you're running the ball. You're running the ball, the box is going to constrict. You can go back to those perimeter passing plays. You can do that once the defense starts to creep up and press and play those with a, with a, a tighter box, and then they, crucially, pull a safety away like they did on that third and four play that I mentioned. Go back and watch it. Go back and watch that third and four play. There's not a safety helping out on Justin McGriff. He's cheating in. The safety is cheating in. He's not going to be able to get there in time. There is where the big plays come from, is that. And it's it's set up by a lot of effort, a lot of very quick hits, a lot of underneath stuff. Then they can hit the big plays. And we saw that here, finally. Finally, we saw it. We saw an understanding of that. We saw Utah State execute on the smaller plays. We saw it take what it was given and and do something with it and work its way down the field slowly and be patient and stick to it and execute and not get in its own way. And it works. It works. Of course it works. It worked last year. Why wouldn't it work? It works. But you have to you have to do things the right way. You have to execute it the right way and you have to be patient. And that was something that uh, from the play calling specifically, I had been frustrated with all season was that it felt like Utah State was trying to go for big plays that it hadn't earned. That it was trying to hit plays that would require it moving the defense around. And the defense wasn't moving around. The defense wasn't convinced. And so these big plays weren't going to work. They were not, they just weren't. They weren't going to work. And here you see why they wouldn't work. You see why they weren't working. And then you can compare them in this game to, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Well, that's why they that's why they weren't working before and why they were working now. You can see the difference 
in in sequencing, in play sequencing, in commitment, like I said, to taking what is what is being offered by the defense. And then once you have them convinced that they know what's coming next, once you make the defense think that they've got you, that they've got an answer, that they are, you know, okay, we've got a big enough box to stop the run. We got our, our cornerbacks pressuring to stop the the perimeter stuff. We have linebackers and safeties cheating to try and jump those passes, those quick passes. We know what's coming. We know they're not gonna they that they're, that they're not gonna be able to get those short yardage gains anymore. It's third and four. We're gonna stuff this. Then you can call the go route. Then you can call the one route plays. Then you can do that stuff. But it didn't feel for a lot of the season like Utah State was earning the big plays that it was trying to generate. And in this game, it understood that. It understood it perfectly. It had a it had a, a complete understanding of needing to move Air Force before you can take advantage. You can't do it just because you want to. Offense is not about just doing it because you want to. The team does not have the talent to do that. Ohio State can do that. Alabama can do that. Georgia can do that. They can take whatever they want because they're more talented. But Utah State isn't. It's just not. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm insulting anybody here. It's just. It's not. Uh, it's it's fine. It's it's fine. It's it's expected, um, but you see it you see it on the first drive. Even you see it the first drive of the game here. Let's talk through just the play by play real quick. It's a four yard rush up the middle. It's a ten yard run. It's a two yard run. It's a one yard run. It's a fourteen yard run. I want you here right now. You're you're after the fourteen yard run. I believe might have been a scramble. I don't know for sure. I believe might have been a... No, no, never mind. This was a Calvin Tyler run. Never mind. Um, but I want you as a... As a, as a think, of, think about this as a defensive mind right now here. Think about this as a defensive coordinator. You have just on third and seven on the Utah State 45, you've surrendered a 14-yard run for a first down. You're on your own 41. It's first and 10. What are you going to expect here? Because you've just seen one, two, three, four, five, six straight runs. You're probably going to start to creep up a little bit, right? First and 10, Utah State, it's a pass, it's incomplete. Second and 10, maybe you're thinking another pass. You've seen a pass, you know, okay, they're willing to pass now. Run, 10-yard gain up the middle, first down. First and 10. This is all happening, this has all happened here in the span of, of two minutes. It's This first drive lasted eight plays, 72 yards, and took two and a half minutes. They were cruising. So now it's first and 10. You're at your own 31. You have seen on this drive six runs and one pass. The pass was incomplete. All Pretty much all of the runs have yielded in the net. Have ye, they have all yielded Utah State the, the desired result. They have gotten first downs. They have moved it down the field. You're going to play the run. And so Utah State dials up a go route to Brian Cobbs, and he gets one-on-one coverage, and he goes up and makes a play. And they have a touchdown. The second drive was like this. The third drive was like this, I believe. Let me check to be sure. Yeah, the third drive was like this. And those ended in field goals because of mistakes within the offense. A five-yard loss on third and one on the second drive. Um, And I think some kind of funky play calling in the red zone. Uh, Third drive was the penalty, the ineligible receiver downfield, and also a six-yard loss on a first down that ended in another field goal. But you see this all game, this sequencing where things make sense, where things are setting other things up when you're, you're working towards something. You have a cohesive... How many times have I said cohesive on this podcast this year? 
you have a cohesive plan, you're sequencing things, you're moving the defense around, you're dictating to the defense where it's going to be. Because if it's not there, you're just going to keep feasting underneath. You're going to keep hitting perimeter routes. You're going to keep running the ball up the middle. And to do this, of course, you need to complete the perimeter routes. Receivers need to get open on those quick hits. You need to be able to run the ball successfully. Offensive line has to win battles. All that stuff. And and execution is, is, is as important, if not more important, than anything else here. But sequencing. Sequencing. Taking your time understanding that you are working towards those big plays, you will get there, but they can't be bailouts. You're not going to get bailed out by big plays. They're not going to save you. Big plays are not going to save you as an offense. And I think that uh, through a lot of the early parts of this season for Utah State, it seemed like they wanted them to. And it's an, <laughs> I get it. It would be really nice to just be able to throw the ball 40 yards down the field and have it work, and it's a touchdown. That would be much easier than actually moving the ball down the field. It's much easier. It would be really, really nice to be able to do that. But you can't. If you don't have Devin Tompkins and Derek Wright, you can't do that. These guys are not going to do that. You have to work for it. You have to work for it, and Utah State did. For 60 minutes in this game, Utah State worked for it. They earned it. They were the better team. They sequenced better. They executed better. They had a better plan. They answered everything that Air Force asked of them. They, They answered all the questions Air Force was asking on both sides of the ball. They responded to everything that they saw. Were they perfect? No. They didn't defend the dive especially well. They had still some issues on on third downs defensively. They had some penalties, like I said, issues finishing drives. But this was a a 60-minute performance from Utah State. We haven't seen that from them this year against a good team in which Utah State, on top of executing better, on top of being more disciplined, I know that the penalties were one in favor of, one extra in favor of Utah State. It was eight to seven Utah State to Air Force. But Air Force missed like fifteen tackles in this game and Utah State missed five. You know, Air Force was was committing penalties and and was out of sorts and was out of position in the fourth quarter and Utah State never was. Defensively it was not perfect by any means, but the only blown assignment of the game was because a guy fell down. That's, you know, it happens. It happens. He fell down. Dominic Tatum fell down. I don't really think anybody can be blamed for that. It was on the 40-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter. He ran into somebody else, and he fell down. It happens. It it happens. It's hard to blame anybody for that, like I said. But largely speaking, Utah State was in the right place. It swarmed the ball defensively when it went to the outside. did a very good job against that, generally speaking. And in the fourth quarter, when it needed to, it forced two turnovers. Johnny Carter forced two turnovers. He, he forced a fumble, and then he had an interception. And that that is exactly what what Utah State has needed to show all season, is that kind of performance where it can match a team for 60 minutes. It can match a team, rather, for 45 minutes. And then in the last 15, it can go into hyperdrive. It can go even faster. It can say... I know we just played 45 very physical minutes. We just played a very, very physical first three quarters. Game is close. Game is still in the in the balance. We're going to go even faster. We're going to go even faster. We still have a lot of energy. Are you good? Are you, are you good to keep up? And no, they're not. Air Force wasn't. Air Force was done. Air Force got through three quarters and was gasping for air and had no answer. Uh, absolutely no answer. The game was over at that point. Once it entered the fourth quarter... And Air Force was standing over there and had no energy on the sidelines, had tired legs, had heavy legs, 
had guys who just wanted to sit down. The game was over. That was it. You could see, I, I heard it walking behind the bench early on in the, either early on in the fourth quarter or late in the third. It doesn't matter. I heard players saying they're tired. We've got them. They're tired. They're right. They were tired. Air Force was done. Air Force was done playing. The game was over. Air Force was done playing. And that is Utah State's plan. That's how Utah State wins these games. And that's how it did it. And it executed. It executed for 60 minutes. It got itself to a place where it could do that, where it could show that identity that it has built the program around. It can show why it was so successful last season and, and what made it work so well and, and all of this stuff. It was not just that they had guys who could bail them out within the offense. That's helpful. That makes things a lot easier. You don't have to be as unique. You don't have to be as creative. But this game was an answer. This game from Utah State was proof that it understands the some of the, I think, a lot of the things. There are still some things that, that can be fixed and some schematic stuff that I don't personally agree with, but also I'm not a coach. It doesn't matter. Uh, they won the game. It's not even worth talking about. But this was absolutely, without a doubt, an answer from Blake Anderson, from Anthony Tucker, from everybody involved in the offensive scheming that says... They understand what was going wrong. They understand what needed more work. They understand they understand what needed more creativity in design. And they also understood that they just needed to be a little bit more patient. They needed to earn things. They 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 identified correctly what was going wrong within those first couple of games in terms of sequencing, in terms of patience, in terms of play calling. And they went and they fixed them. They fixed them. Is it going to last? I don't know. The execution has to hold up. The consistency has to hold up. It has to be there every week. And that's that's always going to be difficult to ask of a college football team. These are young people. These are 18 to 22-year-olds. The ball bounces in weird ways. Things can happen, you know. But this was a, a the best answer, the best performance that Utah State really honestly could have possibly provided for establishing a reason to have confidence moving into the back end of the season is that they went out and they did everything that they hadn't been able to do. They went out and they did everything that they needed to do. They, they, they changed the things that they needed to change. They had the approach that they needed to have. They went into this game understanding exactly what was needed, not just to pull off an upset here, but what is needed to become a good team, to be a good team, to be a team that, that teams are trying to upset. They did it. They did all of it. They did every last thing. They went out and they won a game against a really good opponent, against a really hard scheme to win against. They prepared they executed they they were every bit as good as they needed to be in this game every bit as good as they needed to be every single part of the team um i don't know what else i have to say about it it was a it was an all inspiring performance and it was exactly what they needed it was the only thing they could have done here it, to to keep the season alive to change the narrative to keep stuff going Whatever, whatever you want to say to keep the to keep the the hope alive for this season being viable for Utah State, they had to go out and they had to win this game, and I think the only way to do it was like this: was to be more prepared, was to execute on this level, was to out coach a really well coached Air Force team. They went and did it. They out executed, out disciplined, and out coached Air Force. That's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. 
I know Air Force's record is what it is. I understand that. I know that they lost to Wyoming, but that's a good coaching staff too. Craig Bull knows how to win games. I'll say that much. I don't think his team's very talented, and it hasn't hurt him a whole lot over his career at Wyoming specifically. At North Dakota State, his team was certainly talented. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I have a whole lot else to say about it. I don't know if I'm going to dive specifically into players or stats or things like that. I wanted to get on here and just sort of do a stream of consciousness on what I saw, what impressed me, what I think is 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 translatable, and really what this game was really about from what I saw. Uh, and I think that's it. I think that that gets to the to the crux of it. This was a Utah. This was Utah State proving it. This was Utah State proving that it understood what had gone wrong within those first five games, and not only that it understood it, but that it could fix it, that it could address it. Uh, could not be more impressed. Could not be more impressed. It, it, it really, really, really impressive on all fronts. A performance that they needed, a performance that they had to have when they had to have it. They stepped up. Huge win for Utah State. Huge, huge, huge program-changing win for Utah State. Now they got to build on it. And we will talk about that here in the coming days.